Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, gearheads. Man, we are fired up for tonight's show. Yeah, but we got a little bit of everything tonight. We had some MotoGP in action today, IndyCar. We got the winner of the IndyCar race, Scott Dixon, joining us in about 40 minutes or so. There was some Formula E racing, I think. What else? <laughs> we'll get hey, it was a Frenchman who won. It's been a big day for France. It has been a big day for France. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> That's John Massengill. That was Jonathan Green with the British Voice and Mr. Les Kaiser joining us all in studio. It's good to be back in studio again, guys. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, it's nice to be back in Austin. And it was nice to have an event at the Circuit of the Americas because we've also had a great weekend of rallycross. Oh, history. Man, the inaugural event. It yeah. was really cool. Uh a lot of folks I was talking to, that was their first time to see anything like that in person. And, uh, you know, in talking to the drivers, it's just going to get better. So, hey. Well, we're going to talk all about that in just a moment. Let me run down what we got on tonight's show. I, you heard me say we got the winner of today's race from Toronto, Scott Dixon, joining us. IndyCar Massive driver. win for Scott. Yeah. Uh, this has been a really tight championship so far. It's far from over. And, of course, with double points at Sonoma. Um, but this was a massive step forward for Scott Dixon. Yep. And we all we also have some more clips from our interview with the managing director of commercial operations at Formula One, Sean Bratches. So we got some interviews. Some with, man. Yeah, we, we have a full uh, full interview that we did with him in London up on our SoundCloud account. We just put that up this afternoon, and we're going to play some clips from that and some discussion to go along with that. And yeah, there's so much in that. It's a 30-minute uh, interview, but uh, and we went through so many different uh, sort of, if you like, their mission statement, their vision, what was wrong, what was right, what they hope to do, what they want to do with the TV package, what they're going to do with the website, what they're going to do with Miami. It's all there. But uh, in some ways, to, to edify it, if you've got time, listen to the whole thing. But I want to kind of deconstruct it a little bit and also, you know, debate some of those things, whether, you know, you know things that, hey, this is a, a movable feast and they are listening, our uh, Liberty. That, the, that is the best part. That is, in fact, that's not just us saying that. We've got another interview that yep. you did while you were over at the British Grand Prix with Dan Knutson. The top American uh, journalist in Formula One, yes. And he said the same thing. And that that's kind of, to me, that's the theme of the new Liberty Media-run Formula One is kind of we're open for business. We're open to discussion rather than the instant no you got from Bernie. So I'll say this straight off the bat before we get to those. Uh, it, it's a, it's after 68 years of a way of doing things, you cannot change the world overnight. Uh, and they're not going to change Formula One. And I think it would be a mistake for them to completely uh, start from scratch and just come in there with a bulldozer. And they're not, thankfully. Um, they understand and respect the history. Uh, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of nuances. And when far from out of the woods, the 2021 Concord Agreement 
That's a whole new football game. Well, if you are a fan of Formula One and you like what's been going on with Liberty or, or don't like it, you need to listen to this whole thing and you need to listen to tonight's if, show. Yeah, so. and if you don't like it or you do like it, call us up. Tell yeah. us your opinion. Yeah, call us up. 512-643-LIVE. 512-643-5444. What if it was your Kool-Aid stand? Exactly. Yeah, what if you had $8 million in your in your lemon lemon eight stand yes sir i agree all right well let's talk america's rally cross because yeah the inaugural event here in austin we have another well this was a precursor to an another world championship coming to austin but jonathan you know the whole story better than all of us yeah let's hear the you know america's rally cross what's what's happening oh well let me let me literally go back to the beginning uh rally cross as a sport began at Lydon hill back in 1967 um, and basically, Lyddon Hill. Lyddon Hill is just a place in England, yeah. But uh, that's where that's where the first venue was, uh, which is is not important. But it was a, a breakaway from uh, rally itself. In other words, it was a TV made sport, and it continues to be. Rally is really hard to cover. Uh, long stages, many miles, three days in a world championship event. Um, and even today, even though it's brilliant now with technology and graphics and helicopters and so on, um, you know, it's it's hard to get everybody inspired by it because you don't see the skills. It, they pass by you if you're in the crowd. Whereas this is effectively, the best way I can describe it, it's Supercross for rally. So you are in a stadium effectively and you get to see the skills of rally, which is sideways, using torque, using power, using the best abilities of both the driver and the capabilities of the car, suspension, torque, uh, brakes, uh, traction. And, in, and traction. And, and in rally cross, we have both asphalt and uh, dirt. So it's a combination of being good with plenty of grip and good with no grip. <laughs> so that's why you've got guys coming from all walks of life, whether it be Scott Speed uh, coming from, uh, let's say, Formula One on NASCAR to Ken Block, who is literally the king of uh, Jim Carner, and Travis Pastrana, who, of course, has done X Games, you name it. So, Well, let's play a couple of these interviews because, in fact, I want to start with this first one you did with uh, – Fraser McConnell and James Rimmer. Why don't you set that up real quick? All right, yeah. This is uh, this is after this is after um, the the night was over, and of course, Dirtfish were the big sponsors of the event. They were the actual sponsors of uh, the overall event. Uh, let me put something else in perspective. So you've had the history, right? So then we had uh, Rallycross, which started by IMG about five years ago, and they've been running a world championship. Uh, for the last five years and it's been South Africa it's been all over Europe but it's never been to the United States and Cota Circuit America signed a five-year deal with IMG to bring the world championship here while this was all happening though uh, <laughs> GRC which is what I've been involved in global rallycross uh, came, came, yeah the Red Bull one came to an end uh, basically uh, they just did, couldn't finance another season after several seasons uh, great series in a lot of ways uh, just you know just for whatever reason uh, I don't want to go into the intricacies of it it's just not around anymore but the drivers the cars and the will to make rallycross something special still exists so thankfully IMG picked up the ball and have now created alongside their world championship an American championship called America's Rallycross ARX awesome all right well let's play this interview you did with uh, Fraser McConnell and James Rimmer 
Okay, Speed City fans, I and I be seen because I'm going Jamaica style because Jamaica, to me, have been fantastic. And that's just me talking because I've got Fraser McConnell and I've got James Rimmer with me who've just been part of the first ever uh, American soil race, as it were, because round one of the American Rally Cross Series was held at Silverstone, but round two was held here at the Circuit of the Americas. And certainly a man who caught a lot of people's eye today, Fraser McConnell, uh, making a name for himself in the 35 for Jamaica. Uh, how did you enjoy your first rallycross? Oh, definitely great racing on the Dirtfish. I mean, the team was excellent. I mean, top, top class mechanics, top team. I couldn't be happier. We won two of our heats and won our semi-final, which was really, really amazing for me. And then got a little unlucky in the final. Um, got some bumper to bumper. Uh, got used for some breaks. But all in all, a great weekend. Lots of, lots of positives taken away. So, so I can't can't wait to the next to the next race here, and um, yeah, so I'll be back under the Dirtfish tent as soon as I can. Congratulations again, James Rimmer. You're the perfect person to ask this. You've seen your teammate go so well. You were at Silverstone doing some commentary, uh, of course not taking part because there was no ARX2. But now you've had a chance to get amongst it uh, in the American Championship. Is it what you hoped for? Yeah, it was. It, it, you know, it was fun. It was fun being out here, but. Honestly, like all the props goes out to Fraz and all these guys. I mean, he really turned a lot of heads this weekend. Um, Fraz, I like that. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Huh? I learned it. I learned it this weekend. Everyone, I was calling him Fraser for the longest time. Fast, Fraz. <laughs> no, no, but honestly, really, you know, I, I, my, my racing career has uh, been somewhat brief, and uh, it's been a transitional period into some other stuff. You know, I, I realized early on that racing was not going to be my career, but. You know, we look at young guys like Fraz and people like that as people that are going to come up in the sport and are going to take over the sport and potential champions. So, you know, we're all really excited. We're excited to have these people part of the team. We're excited to have them under the banner again. Scott Anderson, Connor Martell, obviously. How can, I mean, you can't, you can't just discount Connor. You can't discount any of those guys. But honestly, Frazier was amazing this weekend. It was great having his whole family here. Um, it felt like a big family, and we, we had a blast, honestly. And I think really just, first of all, Fraser, but... I think it's great talking to the ARX2 guys because, yeah, Ken Block, Travis Pastrana, these are legends of the yeah. sport. But for you, this is a lifeline. We didn't know whether the championship would happen. It has happened. It's a future. You guys have got a really bright future to become household names. Yeah, we're definitely excited to be here. I mean, it's, it's been a really long work in progress. We were looking to be a part of the GRC, and then that fell through um, with, with all that commotion with, with the series itself falling through. But we stuck with Dirtfish, we had faith, and I mean, I knew they would, they would give me the opportunity to shine. And um, they gave me nothing but that this weekend, and it was, it was really good for me. Final word from James Rimmer, your teammate Connor gets you the win here. Please, what, what else do I have to say to you? Guys? One more, t one more comment. You're off to Canada. You, are you going to win? Oh, come on. This kid. What about it? Canada? Canada will be fun. Yeah, we're excited to go to Canada. Um, I haven't raced there before, so. You know, new experience, new track. Always excited for that. All right. From the two boys from Dirtfish, congratulations. You're listening to Speed City. Back to the studio. Awesome. Yeah. Jonathan, that guy, uh, he sounds like a funny kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think, no, funny story. Um, you know, you, you kind of put two and two together when you say, oh, you're from Jamaica and uh, you're fast. And I said, you ever met Usain Bolt? He goes, yeah. He said, we go quad quad bike, uh, quad bike uh, racing together. I'm like, you're <laughs> kidding me. And if you think about it, Usain, remember him and Hamilton? Uh, Usain was here yeah. uh, last year with Puma. Um, so, yeah, the, Usain could be potentially a rallycross driver down the, down the road.
Isn't he like super tall? I don't know if he could fit him. <laughs> he is super tall, yeah. But hey, anyway, he was holding him up a few times. There you go. <laughs> He's super fast. <laughs> he is super fast. You know, so I, I spent some time with Fraser as well. And, you know, we've been uh, working with Make-A-Wish quite a bit lately. Yeah. And uh, they were actually one of the chosen charities for this event. So a lot of fun. It was great to see it on the front of the uh, Dirtfish team. Well, Fraser took a couple of executives for a ride. Oh, really? That was quite entertaining. They, uh, they came back a little. Oh, the girls. Like, yeah. Catherine and Jill. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they they had a wonderful time. So, uh, But uh, I think it's great. You know, they tied it to uh, to the charity. But honestly, the, the rally cross is exciting. It's my first time to actually see the races. I saw them out testing uh, a month ago and then again a few weeks ago. Uh, and you did a ride yourself, right? I, I did two of them. And, you know, I'll say... The the phrase the the door slamming dirt slinging airborne <laughs> excitement that is perfect that sums it up excellently. You know, you know, Jonathan, when you were talking about the history of the sport, yeah, is it it you know, we were this whole weekend we're saying how easy it is to watch and get into. That's the whole because, design, yeah, because you said from the very beginning it was designed for television. It's right there in an arena size, and there's not a person on the planet that wouldn't go, "Wow, that's really cool to watch that," you know, because they're. The car's going off jumps, going through dirt, and then asphalt. I mean, it's... And the essence of rally is taking a production car, souping up the suspension, souping up the engine as best you can, but keeping it to a basically modified road car and going racing with it. Now, of course, once you get the manufacturers involved, it <laughs> gets trick. Uh, but the, the world rally scene has been exactly that for many years. And, and in fact, it's open to a lot of amateurs. You, if you go back to countries like England uh, and Scotland, you know, every, everybody's rallying at the weekend. And I know that's true of Texas too. You know, we, we have uh, the, the same case. But this effectively puts that in a stadium for people to watch. We had Cars and Coffee there. They loved it. We had over a couple of thousand people who went to Cars and Coffee and then came over. Uh, it, like you say, Make a wish. I, I really do want to emphasize the, the fact that, um, you know, we talk about motor racing all the time and it seems somewhat flippant and somewhat adrenaline junkie kind of chasing, chasing cars and, and having fun. And indeed, it's all of that. But there is some really serious stuff going on. Make-A-Wish, the veterans were there too, uh, represented. Meals on Wheels were also one of the charities. So hats off to IMG, hats off to Make-A-Wish, hats off to Dirtfish for, for involving, uh, you know, some very serious charities with some serious causes. Could not uh, argue with any of that. And, you know, there's also the, the technology side of racing oh, automotive. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, there's a lot more to motorsport than meets the eye. So. Oh, yeah. All right, guys, well, we got to take a break. You're listening to Speed City. We're here in Austin. And up next, we're going to talk a little MotoGP and a little Formula One. Back after these short messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. 
to Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. from BBC F1, you are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. The girls bringing us back. Ah, oh, I can listen to Jenny and Brittany. To Brittany all day long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, before we move on to MotoGP and to Formula One, uh, I want to finish up with the America's Rallycross because yep. we have a couple of good interviews. Jonathan, you did interview the winners. Of course, you were on the microphones all weekend. You did get to talk <laughs> yeah, to you these can guys. hear my voice is a bit hoarse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, to, to finish off the day, obviously the big stars of the day were... <laughs> Nay. <laughs> um, we don't have a sound effect for that. <laughs> What's with the long face? <laughs> so, um, oh, stop it. I am a little horse. That's terrible. <laughs> I, I oh, resemble that remark. And the producer's joining in now. Good. Um, yeah, no, the, the big story, of course, was Travis Pastrana and Ken Block coming to uh, help effectively. Uh, I, whether they'll stay in the championship, I don't know. I, I, I've got a feeling both of them may well because I think they see the beginnings of something quite new and different and exciting. And in fact, uh, the fans that came out yesterday in the hot sunshine, uh, over 103 at times, uh, just voted with their feet. They got out, they got in the stands, they got into the, the music and, and, the, and the commentary and, and enjoyed it. And they came over to the paddock. There was live band. They, you know, they got their autographs. The autograph sessions. There were two autograph sessions. We were turning people away because the drivers had to get back in the cars, and so that's how popular they were. And I'm really, really pleased for that. And I like the way, like you said, the music and everything. Yeah. They, they made this more of a. It's uh, a show. Yeah, it was a show. And of course, it's at turn 12, 13, 14, and 15 at the Circuit of the Americas. So it's a, a natural amphitheater, and they used a bit of the track, and they used their own. It circuit. worked and, great, didn't and it? And it's it going to be perfect. a permanent circuit now. So. If it's going to be there for, you know, they've got a contract for five years, but there's no reason why uh, it can't grow and there could be more events. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a big venue. And Travis Pastrana, the guy who just yeah. beat Evil Knievel, yeah. that, that same guy, the one who was on television the other night. Yeah, I spoke to him a little bit about that uh, the other morning. And he was like, oh, that, that was just everything amazing to me. And he was like, you know, did you follow Evil Knievel? And I said, I dressed up. One yeah. year. We all have the model, Halloween. the wind up model. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The SST zipper. Is that what it was racer? called? SST. Oh, yeah. But he always used to fall over one way or the other. You had to weight it down. Uh, no, you didn't do it right, man. My, yeah. we, me and Steve Ronson used yeah, to sit at the top yeah, yeah. of the stairs. Oh, there's a name. Fly that thing down the stairs. Well, yeah. I used to get a little bit of plasticine and put a match between his legs and then light the match and then see. <laughs> you added the pyrotechnics I, to yeah, your I, show. I, you know, I, I, like to, I like to put on a show, as you know. <laughs> it's right. evil. Well, let's play these interviews. Let's play the uh, this clip. Well, I just want to, yeah, let, let, I'll play this clip because I'll tell you who won, which is Tanner Faust uh, and Scott Speed going at it again. Tanner Faust won the first event at Silverstone. 
And then it was head-to-head between the two v- VW boys here in Austin, but it went the other way. So the winner was Scott Speed. So we spoke to both Scott Speed, uh, Tanner Fa- uh, Scott Speed, uh, Ken Block, and Tanner Faust, who were the first three. And uh, this interview comes from uh, um, ARX. The semifinal might have been a little hairy, but the final definitely was easy. You were in front all day? Was not easy. I had to break 50 meters before the first two corners because I was getting plowed in the back by the 43. But to be fair, it wasn't too obnoxious, and we were able to, to fight it off. And then obviously our speed showed, and we were, had a relatively easy race from there on out. But for sure, the start was very stressful. Who has anything for you guys in America's Rallycross? Uh, each other. I mean, honestly, like we... You know, we're really strong. I think our team is the best team in Rallycross. I mean, I think we're, you know, between the two drivers and Andretti and, and the support we get from Volkswagen in Germany, we're just, it's the whole package. It's not one thing, you know. It's, a, it's like a good soccer team. You know, everybody has to work together, and we have a very strong team. So we're going to be waiting for you on the podium on the first step in Trois-Rivières in uh, three weeks. Uh, I sure hope so. Ken Block, you guys had suspension problems all day. It was hard being your first rally cross race this season, but you managed to be on second step of the podium. Congratulations. Yeah, pretty happy about that. Uh, made some good changes with the Focus RS RX this winter. It's Steve Arpins and his team have just done a tremendous job. And yeah, we were battling suspension issues all day, but hey, the team fought hard. I fought hard. Stoked to be up here with uh, the first race back with this car. What do you see now for the rest of the championship, Trois-Rivières in Quebec, then back here at Coda? Well, I feel like it can only get better. Like, if, we're, if we got it on the podium struggling this hard, and uh, I really like the Canadian drag, so I'm looking forward to hopefully even doing better there. Very good. Thank you very much. Congratulations. And we like the, the little drift that you did, the little celebration. <laughs> I'm sure fans were very stuck and they want to see the same in Three Rivers. Scott was doing some pathetic donuts, so I had to show the fans what it's really all about. <laughs> Thanks very much. Tanner Faust, very hard-fought battle. You finally made it to the podium, but it took all you had. I really did. You know, in the starting position I had, I really had no choice but to go Joker first. It would have just been a huge crash in the first corner to try to follow Scott in. Um, I had to just hope that as many cars as possible followed me into the Joker, but unfortunately only one followed me, so we were stuck behind the whole group, basically. Uh, for most of the race, got by one uh, Subaru, and uh, you know Ken knew I was coming. I let him know I was there a couple times with a little touch here and there, but um, you know the the organizers are pretty strict on uh, you know really punting somebody, so I didn't want to do that. But you know he he did a good job of blocking the uh, block, get it, seeing Ken block um, the road, and and that uh, you know that's what he had to do to get uh, between the VWs. Good strategy call to split uh, the two Volkswagen. You guys are really working teamwork. Tell us about how you see things coming to Trois-Rivières track. You know pretty well. Uh, well, when you go to uh, in the Canada track, it's really uh, quite a bit bigger and longer. And um, I think uh, uh, it, it, you know you have to take a tire wear into account. Uh, it, the dust can be a little bit of an issue, and it's a very commitment-oriented track. Um, I think the, the VW, the Polos over there are quite quick. And, uh, you know, they share a lot of the running gear that we have. And so I think the Beatles will be pretty quick there. Uh, but it's a great track. And the fans in Canada are epic. And, you know, they come out in droves. I mean, we appreciate everybody that comes out here, obviously. But um, in Canada, it's more of the same. And they, they come out. You know, they'll be cheering on Arpin. I'm sorry, Arpin. But, you know, we're going to have to work on that. But it's uh, the fans in Canada are absolute uh, ecstatic motorsports fans. So looking forward to it. Very good. We'll see you in three weeks. Congratulations on the podium. Hey, thank- 
All right, so that was here at Austin yesterday. But if you liked what you saw and like what you heard, they're coming back. The World Rallycross, the big boys are coming back to Austin in September. It's going to be massive. It's going to be the World Championship, the first ever time on American soil. We've got the World Championship. That's the World RX. And we've also got ARX, the America's uh, Rallycross Championship, with both the supercars and the ARX2 cars, which you saw in action yesterday. So hopefully they're lock, stock and barrel. They're going to Canada in three weeks uh, for the next round. So we've had a round in um, Silverstone, which was part of the World Championship, um, which was run by Tanner. Faust, Scott Speed has won this weekend, uh, which means they're a point apart. So it, as, the, as it was in GRC, they're going head-to-head, the VWs again. But Ken Block's in the mix, uh, so too are the Subarus. Uh, Les, like you say, I, I get your impressions. I've been around it for a while, but I love it. I, I really liked it. I really liked it. Uh, and talking to the drivers, they were talking about what is going to become of the uh, of the track. I asked them, I said, you know, they've made some changes. Is it, is it going the direction you want? And, goes, and uh, specifically, Ken Block was like, yeah, it's definitely coming around. They're getting it set up. And uh, so they've already identified that they want to add a little bit more of the uh, jump to it. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I say so. jump bigger. You Three can... more jumps, I say. <laughs> yeah, and more. Bigger and more of them. Yeah, well, yeah. I uh, will... Let's go round turn 15, 16, 17. Come on back over the hill. <laughs> pass the, through the amphitheater. I want to see the cars remember jumping the, over themselves. Remember the LA Stadium yeah. motocross, supercross races yeah, yeah, where they yeah. would actually go up the stairs <laughs> and make a U-turn they and, would. The, they go, and they go come back They go through that famous stadium let's for the that. LA Olympics, remember? Let's do that. Let's, let's do, do that. that. Hey, but I've, I've got a little Last one to Bostrop to get a six back and back. That's what I think. I've got a rumor that was going around the paddock. When you say a rumor, is this something you made up in your head? or <laughs> No, because all those voices spread it like crazy. Oh. <laughs> there is discussion of a super moto race being combined with that rallycross race oh, well, at the end sense. of September. Ooh. It's the same style of track. Yeah. That so would be not? interesting. Stay tuned. Well, we saw the buggy also. That could, that's yeah. sort of making its way as well. So lots lots going on. Anyway, World Championship coming here uh, 29th of September, 29th and 30th. Go to worldrxusa.com to get your tickets. All right, boys, let's talk some MotoGP. So Marquez had a pretty good day, having a pretty good year, having a pretty good career. Yeah, and you know what? The first guy to greet him after the race was Mick Doohan, a five-time world champion himself with Honda. Uh, and it was kind of just almost, as I saw the two of them together, there was almost an acceptance that, yep, truly this man is as great, uh, if not, uh, as any of the greats that have been before. Uh, and yeah, he's one win away now from 100 victories in the Premier. Uh, he has annihilated nine wins at the Saxon Ring, um, and then this guy's still a kid. I mean, that's what, what made me realize is I did McDoohan's career. Uh, that's where I started off in motorcycle racing. And he was such a legend then. Now, okay, uh, he had a lot of injuries. Uh, and, you know, like like uh, Kevin Schwantz, you know, effectively forced to retire eventually. Um, but by then he'd got five world titles. Um, this kid has got the potential to... Break all the records. I mean, we talk about, you know, we just watch Wimbledon and we see, you know, Federer and Djokovic and, and Serena doing amazing things in tennis. Well, this guy is doing his bit. He is the LeBron he's, of, he, of this sport. He's already number six all time. All time. And he's I what? Mean, a kid? Yeah. He's, he's, he's a long way from 30. Well, I'll tell you what. He's one I, went away from Lorenzo, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got Lorenzo in his sights. You know, I am keep looking up, and it, it's the old man in me looking for Valentino to get there. And Val, 
Valentino looked good today. I think he really looked good and showed his form at that track. Yep, and there are going to be other tracks that I think uh, Valentino will uh, step up. And I, what I've been amazed with with Valentino this year, particularly compared to previous years, is his consistency. He's been really much more consistent um, than he has been in previous years chasing a world title. And he's been in the hunt most years. Uh, and I think, you know, we've all got a, a soft spot because he's the oldest guy out there and he's done so much for the sport. Um, he's that's a why of a nice guy. Well, I, and that's why it's amazing to talk in Marcos in these terms when you've still got Valentino Rossi racing him, who, <laughs> who will go down in history as the greatest of all time. Yeah. I mean, he's at second in total wins. Who is it, uh, Giacomo Agostini? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Agostini used to, used to draw, uh, used to ride it in two different series at the same time. So, yeah. But, Ago, yeah, it's hard to beat Ago's record. That's for sure. <laughs> he, was, he was leading in both series. Yeah. Uh, what other less about, t- about today's MotoGP race? Uh, you know, I mean, to me, honestly, it was, it was a bit uneventful. I'm going to say it wasn't a, a spectacular run. But... Uh, Especially for the Saxon ring, which is known for spectacles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a complicated course. And, uh, you know, lots of left-handers, so there's a lot of tire management in this, which we don't really talk about a lot as far as turning. We talk about just the the lifespan of the tire on the track. But hmm. in dealing with turning, this is a track that they really have to manage the left sidewall. Huh. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, we I, don't. I, we I gotta, spend all the time talking about tire life, yeah. I, w- I want to ask my Magnum PI friend here a question. <laughs> um, Danny Pedrosa. I wear a new shirt, and he, I'm now he, Magnum PI. Well, you're wearing... He's a, he's a fine-looking man who's I wealthy think you got and that good off looking. eBay. It came from... Magnum PI wore that shirt from eBay. Yeah, that was the one. In, I remember the show. The dog got the shirt, <laughs> ruffled it all up, and, and gave it back... <laughs> I'm going to say anything about the Danny condition. Danny Pedrosa has retired. <laughs> How about that? Was that a shock to you and the ramifications of what do you think? Because I know I've got my I opinion. Think, uh, I think he was getting beat up or feeling beat up in the shadow of Marquez. I think that really played a lot into it. And I think he just wasn't ever going to peak and beat Marquez on any consistency. And uh, that's that's your biggest competition. Yeah, but what of the future? Mm. Because the Mallorcan is a different kettle of fish. Mm, and what fish. I mean is Jorge Lorenzo has got lucky again. Um, and I say got lucky again. He had two world titles with Yamaha, uh, has not had the homecoming he expected at Ducati, uh, although he is turning around, but he has already decided that enough is enough, and he is going to pick up that vacant seat at Honda. But I wonder, two Spaniards in that team, and I know Danny was a Spaniard too, but Danny has always been number two in that team. Jorge is a two-time world champion, and he comes in there. His legacy is running out because he's getting older. Um, how does that work? I don't see it working, and I think it'll be two separate Honda teams. And I do think that uh, there could be some... If, if anything's going to destabilize the, the Marquez train, it could well be this move by Lorenzo. Oh, very interesting, because... I don't see anything derailing that train. All right, boys. Which is true. Yeah. We got to take a break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Formula One. We're going to have those clips. (laughs) We're going to have the clips from from Sean (laughs) Bratches. Do I get the car? (laughs) All right. Back after these messages. The 
Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake. Featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. I'm Cameron Bovier. I ride for Monster Energy Graves Yamaha, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, so we teased a little wait, bit wait, wait. in the show. Whoa, okay, whoa, okay, whoa. Uh, yeah, just, just hold it. Yeah, check out Twitter. I get the Why car, Why does he talk though, like a right? cowboy riding a horse? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he is from Texas. Oh, okay. That, that's just common dialect. Okay, go. <laughs> that's how normal people go talk. Go ahead, Magnum. Go. What do you got? I get the car, right? No, you don't get the Ferrari 308. It was a 308, right? That's Knight Rider. He yeah, drives itself. 308 or 348. Yeah, no, no, no. It was either a 308 or a 308. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm about 90% sure it was a 308. All right, you undo your Anorak, you two. What all do right, you got? All right, we're going to talk Formula One because God, we've got this amazing interview that Jonathan went over to London and got with the managing director of a commercial operations of Formula One, Sean Bratches, right? Yep. And we've got a couple of clips from that interview. The, the full interview is up on our SoundCloud account. You can go to speedcitybroadcast.com and get a link to our SoundCloud account. But, Jonathan, once you set up, we've got two clips here we want to play. To be honest, uh, the first clip is self-explanatory because it's how we are. Uh, we started the interview, and I basically, uh, Sean Bratches, to give you some backdrop, uh, was with ESPN and was one of the, um, effectively one of the innovators and swashbuckling men that took ESPN to... Uh, over a 30-year period to what it is today. Um, and, you know, an incredible, incredible story. If you know the story of ESPN, there was no sports cable TV uh, before ESPN, and they literally single-handedly did it themselves. So he's a man with a lot of experience, and I, as soon as I heard that he was involved in this, I knew that things would be changing quickly, especially from a visual point of view. So uh, one of my first questions to him was was about why Liberty even invested in, in Formula One in the first place. What did they see? And, and this is what he told me. First of all, how excited we are uh, in America about what you're doing and, and, and the future of Formula One. Um, but I know it's a huge endeavor. Um, but give our audience a little bit of backdrop as to you've almost spent a year kind of researching uh, and getting to know the product that you bought bought into and then this year getting a chance to I guess implement that vision so take me back you're you're an ESPN man and a, and a TV guy like myself um, so you're very familiar because ESPN has had a huge history um, with Formula One but tell us how you came to and at what level you came into as a commercial chief to Formula One yeah, I think they'll, they'll... Liberty acquired Formula One uh, in, in January of 2017. 
And when uh, when we arrived, you know, we um, you know we the season was basically baked. Right, there was four or five weeks in terms of the Grand Prix season starting. So there was a lot of things that we inherited um, that you know were somewhat immutable in terms of uh, you know the, the 2017 season. Uh, but at the same time, you know, one of the uh, Liberty acquired Formula One for three primary reasons. You know, first, it's a, an extraordinary global brand, got you know over 500 million fans ar- around the world, and it uh, had a pretty strong balance sheet. Secondarily. Uh, in a world in which technology is disintermediating the way consumers, in, you know, ingest content, um, sport, live sport in particular, um, is the only genre that, on a predictable basis, can aggregate large audiences. And there's certainly monetization opportunities, you know, as a re- as a result of that. And thirdly, the was the perception that this was an undermanaged business. And I can attest to you that that is the case. You know, we have an expression in the States called bait and switch. When, uh, you know, Chase gave me a call and asked me to come over, he asked me to come run the business. And when I got here, uh, it didn't take me long to understand that there was no business. You know, there was no sponsorship group. There was no media rights group. There was no, you know, digital group, no research group and no research, uh, no strategy team, no events, no hospitality, no communications group. So it's been a, you know, really fascinating journey for me to not only, you know, come to a an extraordinary global brand, uh, but also have the opportunity to assemble a, a, st- a, a team, a staff, um, which I think is a great edit in the business uh, to create a strategic vision for a, a brand such as this to take it to the you know to the next level, and we think there are many levels that this can be be taken to. And in in some respects, you know, we're we're moving this from the Sears and Roebuck catalog to the internet overnight. So it's been an extraordinary ride. Um, you know, there's a, a a lot of wood to chop, but I think we've made a lot of progress to date. You know, Jonathan, this is so exciting for us to be able to get this interview with him and hearing from the horse's mouth. I was going to say, we've been waiting. That's why I'm excited about And I'm going to keep running clips of this because I do think our audience are hungry for this, um, especially is because we've heard a lot about Liberty. There's been a lot rip- written about Liberty, good and bad. Um, some people like them. Some people don't. Uh, you know, it, it's, you know, they're Americans. They're different um, from what... Formula One has had in the past, and they've got a, a gigantic job to do. Um, they've got to literally save the sport from itself in many ways because the, the next Concord agreement is coming up, and yet they're making uh, changes already that are, that are tweaks, if you will, but they're massive tweaks because of what uh, Sean just sh- said, which was there was no business besides the motor racing business. You know, and that's a great segue because you got another interview over there with an American, a longtime Formula One American journalist, Dan Knudsen. Yeah. And I love what he wraps his, this interview up with. And I'm going to just, let's just play this because I want to hear, want you to hear it. And I want to, we'll talk about it after that. Dan Knudsen. So you just say no to everything. <laughs> and the great thing about liberty is they're saying, well, let's talk. They might say no, but they say, let's talk. We might say yes. They're open to negotiation. They're open to compromise. And that's the huge difference between this time now and Bernie's time, because in the old days, the teams just knew that Bernie would say no, and Bernie would get his way. 
I was going to say, as an American, does that uh, how how have you kind of uh, welcomed, if you will, the the new change, the change of guard? Because, like you say, it is very different. Bernie had a way; it wasn't everybody's cup of tea, so to speak. Um, but let's face it, he built one of the biggest sports and the biggest businesses, and made himself a lot of money. And the teams he made a lot of money too that still exist and are thankful for that money. Exactly. I mean, Bernie, you can't argue with Bernie's business model. He made himself a billionaire. He made millionaires out of lots of drivers. He even let a few poor journalists scrabble through. But he had reached that plan. It reached the limit. It, was, it, it reached the end. It, you know, it was a good system for 30 years, but that was the end. And so it had, things had to change with a new regime, and that's where Liberty came in. Versus, you know, when Bernie was running it for CBC, and the, the sole purpose was just to make as much money in as short a time as possible, which you know, was great for them, but bad for the overall sport. It's still early days for Liberty, but what have you noticed just being in the paddock pretty much week in, week out, um, that they've already implemented in their short time? Uh, they're just, again, they're just more open. They're a little more entertainment-oriented, um, they, they actually let more people in the paddock, which is great. They still need to make the big changes, and that's going to be the harder, much, much harder things to do than kind of the window dressing they've done so far. Mm -hmm. And now that's what we're kind of starting to see, as you say, or the, with a new Concord agreement and so on and so forth. And that's where it's going to get a whole lot tougher for them. Yeah, the big changes. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Sean Bratches would agree that it's window dressing because they've been working their butts off to, to make changes. But in comparison to what I, they have to do? And I, I see where Dan's going because he's looking at the bigger picture, which is the Concord Agreement. And that, of course, is the engine rules, the capping of the business in terms of money earned by the teams, uh, making it more competitive, getting the cars to have less downforce so they can overtake. There's a lot to do. Yeah. And you know, did you see that otherwise? I know Dan's pretty entrenched into the, but uh, at Silverstone specifically, just because I know that's that's a, a historic British spot. It's, it's a that home really cuts to the heart. You almost. know what? I could not believe the difference. I haven't been to the British Grand Prix in 10 years, and I could not believe the merchandise stands were packed. There was entertainment. There was a Ferris wheel. There was all sorts of activities going on outside of the racing, plus F1, F2, GP3, and and uh, even smaller formula like Renault as well. There was so much to see and do. It really was a festival. Well, that's great to hear. All right, guys, we got to take a break, but when we come back, we have Scott Dixon going to join us. Today's IndyCar winner. If you want to call in, got a question for Scott, call in 512-643-LIVE, 512-643-5483. Back after these messages. Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. 
to Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. The racetrack, it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles, whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey, because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Hi, this is Elena Myers, number 21, Moto America Superbike Rider for Team 21 Motorsport and McGraw Power Sports Racing. You're listening to Speed City Radio. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, guys, we've got Scott Dixon, today's winner in the IndyCar race up in Toronto. Going to call in in just a moment, but, but let's set up this today because it, uh, it was a big, big race for the three Canadians that were in the race. James Hinchcliffe and his... Robert Wickens. Yep, his partner, his, his teammate, Robert Wickens. And who was the third? Paul Tracy, but he was in the commentary booth. No, there was one more actually racing. There, there was, was another, there was a third Hinchcliffe. Canadian... No, it was Hinchcliffe and, and Wickens, and, and there's Wickens. one more. We'll H- look it up. Hinchtown? Hinchtown, <laughs> yeah. The mayor of Hinchtown and James Hinchcliffe are both okay. racing. All right. <laughs> you know, we got Hinchcliffe, right? It's okay. John lives in his own little world, but we know him. <laughs> I guarantee you there was a third Canadian racing in Toronto today. There was. All somebody right. will yeah. correct us on that. that. That's right, John, there was. <laughs> Can I hit him? <laughs> Listen, the race was good. It was a very important race because uh, with five races to go, the championship is on a knife edge. Uh, it was close uh, after Road America. If you remember, Rossi's been closing the gap. Power's in the hunt. Uh, Dixon's been leading the way, um, but it's been uh, nip and tuck. But today, he really did make a big change to, I think, 62 points. Now he leads. And that is significant because even though there's always double points for Sonoma, and that's where they finish the championship, so there's always a chance that it'll go down to the wire and probably will again this year. But he has taken a significant chunk out of what was becoming a real five-way tussle uh, simply because Rossi, Power, uh, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other one, Uh, and um, uh, Newgarden, excuse me, had problems. Newgarden was pole position, just narrowly beating Scott Dixon uh, to that pole position, but he made a rare mistake. Uh, And I think um, Scott uh, will allude to it because he just, he basically at one of the restarts touched the wall and it basically put him all the way back and he had to fight his way through. Rossi was changing wings like there's no tomorrow. Uh, I think he had three, six pit stops and all. Yeah, he was on a pit, six pit stop strategy, I think they said from early, from the, from the <laughs> beginning of the day. That's usually not one that wins. But uh, it was, all of it was quite interesting. You know, it got so slick. The marbles came up so bad early in the race. And uh, guys were slamming walls and each other and everything through that. And so I found that really interesting. I didn't expect that they had repaired and uh, and cleaned up the track a lot from last year. It was a lot smoother in some of the places. You didn't see cars getting off the ground so much. And so uh, kind of surprised that it was eating up and chewing up the tires so much and leaving the marbles all on the our, side. We've got a, a breaking news, more and much more important. Uh, Matt, our uh, our intern, his... his uh, 
He's looked up some research for me, Jonathan. Apparently, there were three Canadians. Who was it, Matt? Yeah, guys, it's Zach Clayman DeMello. He's, oh, yeah, he's the third oh, Canadian. Oh, say who, who is it? Zach Clayman DeMello. He's the third Canadian. See? Clamato? <laughs> no, that, that doesn't count. <laughs> because you didn't know it? No, he's from the French side of Canada. So, <laughs> Clamont DeMello. Okay, oh. <laughs> All right, I stand corrected. I apologize. I am, I am, I am bowing to the maple leaf and your great wisdom. I just heard somebody else say it on the television company. <laughs> so, uh, we did get word Scott Dixon is calling in in just a moment, so we we are going to have him on the race. But but you said something about Rossi a while ago. Obviously, Rossi's I think fourth in the championship still. Yep. But he's looked he's not looked great or is you know not not necessarily he's not looked great, but the team hasn't performed. He as had a well tough day today, I must admit. Um some of which uh was not his fault. Uh but some he did of which come might. from the back after Yeah, exactly. He, I place. mean he's driving superbly, there's no question. That the, the the thing about I've learned about Indy in the last few years is you know, you can drive the wheels off the car every weekend and still not win a race. Uh, look at Wickens' season. Look at uh, Ryan Hunter Ray's season. Um, the beauty of someone like Scott Dixon is he manages to stay out of trouble. He was he was in trouble uh, today. He was actually behind uh, Ryan Hunter Ray for a long time, um, and it was losing him two seconds a lap at one point. And so, you know, but he didn't force the issue. Uh, and I think that's the difference between Scott uh, and maybe some of the drivers is that, you know, uh, occasionally Wickens, certainly it was very aggressive today up against uh, Simon Paginot, who wasn't having it. Um, but yeah, a very significant race uh, around the streets of Toronto this weekend. What about Connor Daly? You know, really I'm, pleased for him. Yeah, I am too. And I, I just wonder, it seems like he's obviously, I, I liked his quote today when he said, uh, he said, I always come to the, to, to the track with my helmet. You know, I, I love that. You never know who's going <laughs> to race like for. He's the super sub, as we call it in soccer now the World Cup's over. But is he, is he going to spend his whole career like this outside? I, the, you know, is, he, is it that he's not good enough? No, is he, he is good enough. And that's, that's a, an important thing to know uh, if you're questioning that. He was 13th today with a team with no data. Uh, that don't run Indy every one weekend. Car. One car. Uh, he jumps straight in, like he says, have helmet, will we'll travel. Um, it's really impressive, to be honest. Um, I hope it doesn't mean that he's only going to... You know, we used to talk about Rossi's career this way in Formula One. Is like, is, it, yeah. is he, is he going to be Caterham and, and, and an, you know, an almost run every weekend? And now look at him. Um, you know, he's living, he's living large. Um, I, you know, it... it the thing with Connor is a classic, simple scenario that he doesn't have the money to go racing. He doesn't have backing to go racing. So it all is cap in hand. Hey, sponsor me for the 500. Can I get a result? Sponsor me for these. I mean, Jack Harvey doing six right. races. He's got Sirius XM behind him. You know, but how did he do? He met, you know, he met them one morning. You know, it's kind of like that's what... Uh, that's what happens in, in this sport. So, you know. You know, and but this is the same story. I remember Connor coming to the very first USGP yeah. in Austin in 2012 and going, man, if I could find a sponsor, if I could do this. It's like he's been. Well, he was a GP2, GP3 driver. Yeah, that's right. We're going get, to get him driving for Lyft. He was. Uh, yeah, there you go. He was on the Formula One Rally path. cross. That's where he needs to that, be. He, uh, you know. I'll tell you what, hey. he wouldn't. He'd have a lot of fun. That's for sure. I want to get them all down here. They'd love it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What about Zach Veach? This, this he's not kid, Canadian. He's not Canadian. He is not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I've asked Matt, and he's told me categorically, he, he's brilliant. I love him. Uh, did you see it that one stint right after one of the restarts? He passed like a, a eight or ten cars, maybe not that many, but maybe it was six or seven cars in two corners. The question I've got, guys, is are 
uh, are Lee's parents going to realise that he's racing Indy? Because he really shouldn't have left the house when he did. He does look like he looks he's, like he's about, about 11. 11. <laughs> We've both the same age. Sponge shame. Uh, yeah, he does look like when he... He's when, tiny. I was like, is, he's, is this somebody's... But I love him. He's full no, of it. he was he great. Takes, yeah. he, he did a complete 360 in qualifying to get across the chequered flag. Yeah. And did get the qualifying time in. On but, purpose? No. No. He actually bounced over the curve. He uh, he went hard onto the into the apex, went over the inside berm, and looped the car spinning backwards across the line. Okay. Three I'm, point degree of difficulty. Yeah, the old spin and win <laughs> Sullivan move. Do you remember that this almost while we're waiting on Scott Dixon, we don't have much time. I hope he gets to call in, but remember the SW, the guy here in Austin. Oh yeah. He's come back to the famous TWS spin. He, he was out at Texas World Speedway. He was giving this lady a ride into Corvette and he came off the transition where it was the old track to the new track, spun the car in a three sixty and kept going. And and then we got there when she got back. She kept stepped out of the car, and I said, "I said, uh, what'd you think of that spin?" And she goes, "Oh, that was so great! I'm happy he did that for me." <laughs> she, she thought he did it on purpose. Scott's only late because he's gone to get his citizenship at, at the, in Toronto, uh, so he can become the third uh, let's not Canadian, <laughs> the fourth. I forgot the kid's name already. <laughs> it was the third. Tomato, I think. Tomato, no. Tomato, tomato. It's, let's just call the whole thing. <laughs> Uh, well, wait, Scott, what else? Uh, a lot of the drivers are complaining about the offline marbles, how you got offline and it was a well, disaster. What, you know, and that's what I really am surprised at. I wonder if it's not tire related. I mean, they did resurface much of the track. They smoothed out the bumps that were getting them airborne last year. Uh, they showed a couple of comparative shots of the Indy cars going through a couple of the straightaways. And some of them last year were really bouncing. This year, they looked we real nice and smooth. All right, but we have Scott Dixon on First the line. Here. Very excited because we just got a couple minutes left. Scott, congratulations on the win today, and welcome back to Speed City. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. It was uh, yeah, definitely a good day for us. Uh, you know, it uh, can't complain too much. Scott, uh, we watched the whole race, and there were times where I was worried for you. There were so many stops and restarts, and you got behind uh, Ryan Hunter Ray, and he was what losing you a couple of seconds a lap. Um, it was a touch and go day, wasn't it? wasn't It wasn't uh, plain sailing. No, these races are definitely never easy. And, uh, you know, we, we, uh, the, the seas kind of parted ways after the first restart there with Joseph. You know, he got a little aggressive going into the last corner for the restart and we were able to slip by. Um, but, yeah, you know, later on, I think we had traffic, you know, through periods. You know, a lot of people trying different strategies, just trying to, to gain an advantage, you know, over our uh, fellow competitors. And, you know, uh, same with Ryan. You know, he was caught up in one of those uh, turn one accidents and I and, uh, was trying to make the most of his day. But, yeah, he, uh, I think we had almost a seven-second lead and, and that was uh, evaporated to about one second uh, over Pagano. But uh, luckily he was, uh, you know, uh, Ryan had to pit again and we were able to get some uh, some clean air and get uh, set sail again. Oh, man, this is this is why I love IndyCar racing. Today is like you had a great weekend, all weekend, Scott, looking strong, all the way through practice and qualifying. And then at one point in the race, it looked like, oh, Scott's going to wrap it up. And then it doesn't look like it. This is what IndyCar is so much fun right now. And it is great, great entertainment. It's definitely high intensity, you know, and, and you're right. You know, you, you can, you know, was, there was a period today where I'm like, oh, this, you know, it's looking good. You know, I think we're, you know, we're going to be able to cruise here a little bit. And then something else gets thrown at you, whether it's a caution, uh, a restart, you know, uh, some lap traffic or even, you know, somebody on a different strategy. So it's, um, you know, the competition right now in this series is, is, you know, extremely crazy. You know, it's just through the roof, and and uh, to try and you know capture a, a victory is uh, is very tough. You know, we've been lucky enough uh, this year to, to grab three of them, and and hopefully uh, you know we can we can capitalize that you know on that during the season. But uh, 
yeah, five to go now, and and uh, you know we're leading the points, but we've got to keep our heads down and try and make the most of it. I was going to say, in any other championship with a sixty-two point lead, you'd be like, oh, cruise, but you can't because of Sonoma, double points. But um, they're making a movie about you. You got to tell me, have you got this, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to play you? Not my strong, <laughs> it's not my strong point, man. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's a, it's a full-length feature film uh, documentary. Um, I think they're, they're shooting for the full release. Uh, it's called Born, Born Racer. So um, it was exciting for me. You know, uh, it was something that I'm. You know, we've we've looked at in the past, but it's something I'm not super comfortable with either. But uh, you know, I think the process of it and how they've shot it. You know, just uh, what goes into uh, you know racing one of these cars. And, you know, the family life and and. You know, I, I don't know. I, for me, it was really interesting to see, you know, um, you know, the highs and lows and, and, you know, just what everybody experiences through a race because I'm in the car, right? I never get to see a lot of that stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you'll never get to see uh, again. So uh, looking forward to that one. All well, right, you, Scott. Yeah, well, three times you've earned a parking spot in front of Speed City Studio. Come on in. <laughs> That's right. I'll be coming in, man. <laughs> Scott, thanks a lot, buddy. We are completely out of time. Congratulations. Go enjoy the evening after a great win, and we will talk to you again, hopefully. Hopefully soon, man. Thank you, guys. All thanks, right, Scott. All right, guys, well, we got to wrap it up. And he's going to his favorite circuit next where he never loses, so it's looking ominous. Oh, yeah, he's probably going to – he's definitely uh, odds-on to win the championship. All right, thanks for tuning in to Speed City tonight. Check us out on our website. Check us out every Formula One weekend. We do a national broadcast pre- and post-race. Go to our website to find out the details, speedcitybroadcast.com. We'll talk to you next week. Adios, amigos. Ciao, y'all. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.